Good day, everyone. This is Dr. Steve Latul on Unity Without Compromise. Today, I'm really glad you're with me because I do have a special guest that I will introduce to you in a moment. We are now rapidly approaching the three-year anniversary, if you can believe that, of the planned COVID-19 pandemic that was declared, if you recall, on March 11th of 2020. Now, how much progress have we really made in reversing the weaponization of medicine, but not only medicine, but medical doctors too, that has taken place ever since that China virus was released uh, in late 2019? It's a question that I want to discuss today. I have a special guest, Dr. Bruce Boros. He is a cardiovascular specialist and very uh, well studied in his field. He's a uh, been that since 1981, and he now practices in Key West, Florida. Now, Dr. Burroughs has been vilified by some as one of the most vocal anti-vax medical doctors in the world. And of course, that is absolutely a bunch of nonsense, because every doctor that suggests that there's a problem with the uh, COVID-19 weapon shot is automatically de declared an anti-vaxxer. And that's just simply not true. But Dr. Boros also was a champion of the drug ivermectin as a medication to treat COVID and possibly other viruses. He is a member also of the Frontline COVID-19 Critical Care Alliance team. And I am very excited to have him with me today. And um, I plan on picking his brain to kind of find out uh, where we're headed and why we have to deal with this sickening way that doctors are actually harming their patients through civil obedience to a corrupt government. Welcome, Dr. Boros. Thanks for joining me today. Well, Steve, thank you very much. I'm really honored to have a format uh, uh, the extent that you present. Uh, I looked at a number of the other podcasts or interviews that you've done, and I want to laud you and thank you very much for everything that you do to educate and inform people uh, as to the truth. And your opening couldn't be more spot on uh, relative to what's happening uh, to all of us in America, as well as uh, the rest of the countries around the world that follow our lead. And unfortunately, our medical unleadership, as I've been calling it for almost three years, has really let us down. And we're in quite a pickle right now. Well, I'm glad you recognize that. And I do agree wholeheartedly with that statement, uh, Dr. Boros. You know, the real issue here is saving America and possibly the whole world from a genocide. And let's face it, likely something very much bigger. And that continues to unfold because of this way that doctors seem to continue to go on harming patients because they... I don't know. They still don't get it. They don't want to believe it. Maybe they are just trying to protect their own hides and and uh, stay employed by hospital organizations that themselves have been bought off. Uh, but, you know, Dr. Burroughs, uh, you know, you and I have been pegged along with a lot of other doctors uh, as some type of uh, right wing radicals. Uh, 
maybe quacks because we are medical doctors. Um, would you just tell me just briefly, what kind of a person are you? As I always have said my entire career, uh, that I'm no different than you, Steve, or almost anybody else that walks the planet, except that I'm a better cardiologist. Um, that's my life's training. And as my dear friend, Peter McCullough, I heard him once say, it's in my DNA. Uh, this is, you know, what I do. I, I love medicine. I love helping people. I'm a family man. <clears throat> I've been through, like so many people, uh, some personal tragedies. And uh, it shapes you as you go on in life. And rather than, you know, being down and, and angry, uh, you just want to fight and do what's right. And certainly for all of the, I guess, courageous doctors uh, who may not be oppressed or threatened as so many of them are with their livelihood or their positions in the community or their fear of, um, of going against uh, the, some of the alphabet organizations and possibly losing their credentials and their licensing. You know, I chose to at 73 years old and being a cardiologist since 1981, do what I've always done, and that's stand by the patient's side. I'm a huge patient advocate, and I have had my hospital fights, and I'm willing to say, you know, whatever you intend to do, if you're going to try to, you know, do harm to people, I'm going to stand up against it. Well, I commend you for that, and we do certainly need more doctors uh, to take that stand because that is the very oath that we did take, and that was to help patients. Um, right now, you know, I, I'm trying to determine, are we making progress? How much progress maybe have we made in the last almost three years? Um, what I see actually, and correct me if you disagree, Dr. Boris, but I see an ever-increasing segment of the population that is actually jumping on the civil disobedience bandwagon and all for the right reasons, because what we see unfolding has been pure evil. We see people that are suffering, um, but what's your take on that? Do you think we are making any progress as far as taking America back, maybe taking medicine back? Well, as Confucius said, the journey of a thousand miles starts with the first step, Steve. And so a number of us in organizations, Dr. Simone Gold and Pierre Corey, Peter McCullough, uh, Dr. Merrick, Peter, you know, um, Dr. Richard Urso, Malone, so many of uh, that core group who have been uh, vehemently outspoken uh, about using this kind of technology, which has failed a number of times before and has been costly and has killed people, um, they ramping it up and rolling it out uh, in this fashion, it, it became increasingly obvious to people, particularly physicians with critical thinking capabilities, and uh, again, not um, perhaps with the law, threatened with the loss of livelihood, that this is not a vaccine. This is a jab, and this is an injection of poison. Um, it absolutely is. It's a bioweapon. And I don't know how many times I've said that on this show, but it's, it's absolutely true. You know, um, the real problem we have had, in my opinion, in getting this out is all the censorship. I mean, you don't have any of the 
uh, mainstream media platforms broadcasting the truth. They seem to have no interest in it whatsoever. However, I mean, Dr. Asim Malhotra was recently on a BBC interview, and he actually said that there was lots of data that has been linked or has linked the COVID-19 jab to heart problems uh, leading to deaths. And his recommendation was to halt the jab. And, and I was so happy that he managed to get those words out on BBC because people still are not hearing the message somehow. And, and I find that locally here in Arizona, when I talk to people, you think, how can, how can people be so ignorant with all the evidence that is before us? What do you think on that? Well, I think that your Dr. Maholtra, along with others, uh, he, he had a, a national format there. The BBC is a captured organization, as you know, with the Trusted News Initiative. And sure. I was calling that uh, the second day of infamy uh, almost two years ago, that this unholy alliance of mainstream media uh, with, um, with Big Pharma, the White House, the World Economic Forum, this can all be um, identified as a collaboration to shut down anybody who might be walking not in lockstep, let's say, or has a opposing point of view to this uh, so-called vaccine mandate. I mean, uh, I would like to say that I just finished a couple of weeks ago reading Paul, Dr. Paul Alexander's book, Presidential Takedown. And when you start connecting the dots, it uh, was very evident that um, all of this initially was related to, to taking down President Trump. Um, and, and from there, uh, to turn it into a massive economic gain. And I know this is going to sound crazy, and I've never been a conspiracy guy in my life, but it seems very much like uh, where we're headed is to, uh, to coal the planet of useless eaters. And I use that term uh, based upon a book that I was reading from uh, Dr. John uh, Coleman uh, called The Conspiracy Hierarchy, The Committee of 300. And that term was coined back in 1991 uh, when he was using it to explain uh, what the future was going to look like. And unfortunately, like in 1984 by George Orwell, it's here. And people like Maholtra are, you know, I also want to give credit to Laura Ingram on Fox News. Uh, there, and these are, these are, Fox News is um, sponsored to a certain degree by Big Pharma. So, I think they're kind of got a little bit of a chokehold on them, but in particular, uh, Laura Ingram and Tucker Carlson have been having guests on that have been questioning uh, what we're going through right now uh, with this with this poison bioweapon. It's to me very uh, disheartening and disconcerting that we're tracing this now to the Department of Defense, uh, as well as the fact that. As I said oh, quite a while back, that uh, Anthony Fauci uh, brought this, uh, this uh, gain-of-function program to Wuhan, uh, to the Chinese, worked with Bat Lady. At the same time in that lab with the CCP was the PLA, China's military, working in that lab. And this raises very serious questions to me as to who is dictating to the Department of Defense and perhaps to CCP, Communist China, 
who is giving them marching orders uh, to get this kind of, as you said, bioweapon out and start eliminating the elderly and also affect the reproductive systems of our uh, younger women, childbearing women, and of course, uh, the effects that it has transiently, maybe even for a longer period of time on male reproductive capabilities as well. So eugenicism and calling the planet, uh, as uh, the WEF has been calling for, has really got my attention. I've done more reading on who controls the world in the past six months than I ever did in my life. It's just not something you think of that people could be this evil and this dastardly. Well, yeah, I get that. And, um, you know, I have actually given a lot of talks to these various patriot groups. And as I talk to very reasonable people like engineers, other physicians, um, just responsible uh, people that have open minds and they always doubt themselves. They, they say, you know, am I, am I going crazy here or am I actually getting uh, paranoid in my old age? Because everything I see happen uh, makes me think, you know, wow, something big is going on here, something very evil, nothing feels normal anymore. And, uh, you know, do I need to go out and buy a gun? I mean, I, this is the comments that I hear people say, like, what is going on? What's coming down the pipeline? And you never know, because from one day to the next, I mean, we're seeing, um, we're seeing setbacks. But recently, I mean, I've seen a little bit of progress. I mean, like, take New York uh, Supreme Court, for example, they just recently struck down the COVID-19 vaccine mandate for healthcare workers there. Well, how nice that is that, you know? And um, the, I don't know if you're familiar with the Born Alive Act, but even something like that, where here, here's an act that is was designed to protect the abortions uh, survivors. So they try to abort a baby in the uterus. The baby is born alive, surviving, thriving, and the, uh, the House just put forth a bill um, that says that the doctors have to take care of the baby. And uh, that's so ironic in itself, isn't it? But, you know, go ahead and abort the baby. And if at first you don't succeed, well, don't try and kill them again. But this now you want to save them. It just nothing makes sense. But it's interesting that 210 Democrats voted against it, saying, no, finish the job you know, essentially chop off the head of this little newborn baby that was not successfully murdered. <clears throat> so um, it's, it's interesting it's, times that we are living. It's absolutely frightening. And uh, people that uh, turn a blind eye to this, I, I question, you know, their, their sanity. Uh, I'm really very aggressively outspoken against, obviously, this kind of termination of life. Uh, whether it's a third term, you know, full delivery. Uh, I can't understand how people are discussing things like this and normalizing it, uh, you know, in a world where both you and myself are dedicated to saving lives. And when you look around at everything, you could not create five years ago a better master plan of how to destroy the United States of America uh, to destroy us as a nation state, which is something that the globalist, the uh, one world order has been desperately trying to do. Because when you take down the United States of America, we are like the last really great strong bastion 
of democracy and freedom, First Amendment and Second Amendment. And so I think their sights have been set on us and money talks and you know what walks. And these well, they have, they have, and you know, you said I don't know how far you would uh, go back. Of course, we could say several decades for sure that things have been planned. But if you just look at what the imposter Obama uh, did during his eight years, I mean, every single act that he took as president was to the demise of our country. I mean, every last thing he did. Uh, was to support our enemies, to support the Muslims, to support anything but a Christian America. And that's something that people just don't seem to get still. And of course, uh, in my opinion, the American church has been so deluded, so um, disempowered simply because we are silent. And that's an atrocity in itself. Uh, it's interesting that you used the word you said, you know, they're they're insane. This is just insanity. But when you consider what, 85, 95 percent of doctors are in on this game of pushing the toxic shots and in on supporting the NIH protocol, which we know is lethal. We know it has uh, negative intent. Uh, it is not to heal the patients. It is a money generating system that ultimately also serves the purpose of annihilation of a segment of the population. So, um, you know, it's it's just really... When you incentivize illness and you incentivize almost, I call the ICUs during this period, the death dungeons, all right, when there's been a uh, a number of interviews of nurses who actually take some of the things that were going on and they have falsification of COVID negative people into COVID positive. They'd come in with other respiratory problems and they would have marginal O2 sat- saturations of 90 or 91%. Um, and they would be urging them and rushing them and, and uh, fear mongering them into being intubated. And at the point you get intubated, then you're on fentanyl, uh, you're on Versed, uh, you're on uh, other medications so that basically you're not in control of any of your faculties. You're in an induced coma and then neglect sets in. I mean, you know, I cannot even believe some of the things I have heard and my friends in, uh, in other locations who've had relatives or loved ones uh, in the ICUs, it's like a slow agonizing death. And I'll just give you one example, okay? I have a friend, a very dear friend, whose uncle uh, was admitted with COVID, 74 years old. And um, they were not allowing any visitation. It was very draconian, as you know. And many people have suffered uh, this sad uh, ending of people, of of their loved ones, uh, you know, where they, they watched them through a window and they're neglected. They're not cleaned. They're not fed until gradually, ultimately, they died this long, agonizing death, which in Florida, as an example, pays $132,000 for that long, extended, intubated death. And then the coroner for labeling this as a COVID-19 death gets his remuneration. I mean, this is perverse, and it's sick, and it's anti-Hippocratic oath. And this is all about economics, money-making, and I'm, I think that all CEOs 
and hospital chains should be called out on this. And I hope the lawsuits mount up significantly. And I think that pharmaceutical companies must have absolute transparency. And I think that our FDA, our CDC, the NIH, and in particular, the NIAID, they all need to be torn down to the, to, to, to the bottom, to the raw earth and rebuilt with people that are honest and that are being paid to do the work, paid well to do honest, legitimate work. The big pharmaceutical companies are pretty much controlling everything that goes on around the world. Yes, I couldn't agree more. Now, I have also spoken to many people, and a lot of them uh, in my neighborhood, spoken face-to-face with them, and I'm following up on a few who actually have had their spouses or other family members brought into the hospital, not really so sick, and then literally taken down. And some people are frankly calling this premeditated murder. And as I have actually reviewed the chart notes, the hospital records of what went down, I simply cannot disagree that this was an intentional takedown of a person who very easily could have survived. When I uh, was treating COVID patients, um, I had nothing but success. They all recovered in about a week's time. Not a single one went to the emergency department. None were hospitalized. They all got better. And this included younger, older patients with comorbidities. Everybody got better. So Um, I think that uh, there's a lot of people that are beginning to see the disparities here. But, you know, you mentioned, uh, I hope that they can get sued and that we can start over with these organizations. But we really do have a scarcity of attorneys who are willing to take on these cases. I received a call yesterday from someone that I am supporting and this woman whose husband was killed in a local hospital here in Arizona, has had an extremely difficult time just getting attention. She is speaking now to her uh, legislator, her representative in the state. And um, I just recently found out she did get an appointment and there is interest now. And they're talking about sending her even to DC to talk about this on a bigger scale. Uh, she's petrified about it all because uh, you know how people are treated who who spread the truth. We're, first of all, disinformers, but um, she's very afraid to go. And I said, look, I'll be beside you all the way because we have to expose this truth. There is no, no doubt that we are seeing more and more activity. Uh, people are seriously questioning everything that the government is doing and all branches and all outreaches. And um, I would strongly encourage people to uh, to go to uh, the lawsuit that is being filed by the attorney generals of uh, Missouri and Louisiana. I think that's going to be a, an epic milestone uh, moment, like the parting of the Red Sea, where other attorneys are going to see that they have significant opportunity uh, to uh, to represent people that have been injured in particular. As you know, the, uh, the sudden death uh, rate in people that have been vaccinated is going through the roof, particularly after the booster. Um, and we're not getting information. I mean, I've been writing about 
uh, um, Hamlin, that Buffalo Bills player, you know, where immediately they came out with Commodio Cordis. It was not, there is no way in the world it could have been Commodio Cordis as a cardiovascular specialist. Um, uh, but they won't say, was he recently boosted? You know, the NFL last year mandated tier one and tier two. Tier one's all the players. So before the playoffs, um, they mandated that all the players receive a booster. Well, the question is, did he get a booster shot uh, before this set of playoffs? We need to know. Uh, the information is being kept from us and it's being peeled away piece by piece, like the FDA recently admitting, either the, I think the CDC, I'm sorry, recently admitted that the yes. data relative to the uh, incidence of stroke in men over the age of 65 was huge. And they had the data. They sat on the data and they didn't disclose the data. Okay. So when you say this is planned, they know what the consequences are. They never really, they, they saw high rates of, uh, in the women that were enrolled uh, who were pregnant, they saw uh, 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 bad outcomes. Uh, we know that women in the first trimester who get a jab, uh, 82% loss of the fetus in the first trimester. Then fetal abnormalities, if they get in the second uh, trimester, uh, you can, uh, Dr. James Thorpe, very outspoken, data-driven. You're looking at 40-fold increases in, in um, uh, stillbirths or law, fetal loss after the first trimester, 40-fold increases. Average is 5.7 per thousand births. It's up now to almost 40 to 55. Uh, uh, loss of the fetus and uh, women that are uh, received this bioweapon in the second or third trimester. This is, you look at all this and you look at where the, the PED, the, the system uh, around like an M&M, as you may know, but for the listeners, this is something we need to seriously look at. That polyethylene glycol coating is like um, the sugar coating around an M&M. That derivative of, of the polyethylene glycol is from petroleum. It's an irritant, okay? It's throughout the body in 48 hours. These jabs are supposed to stay in the deltoid within a small area of where they were injected. But yet when you trace that peg, it's throughout the entire body, concentrated initially in the ovaries and in the bone marrow. So what yes. are we going to be seeing? Inability of our... Uh, of our uh, childbearing women to not be able to have children, to get pregnant or to carry um, uh, the fetus for any length of time? Uh, are we going to be seeing severe uh, loss of bone marrow capability and aplastic anemias where people need to have bone marrow transplants or multiple transfusions and medications to try to get a couple extra years? This is horrendous. And when you say why are our colleagues not speaking up? They're embarrassed because they probably have fallen uh, into the trap of, uh, of, of having to uh, be or get the jab, or they've been threatened with loss of job. You look at Pierre Corey. I know Pierre personally. He's been fired from two jobs. He's the head of the FLCCC with Paul Merrick. He's now doing long haulers and post-vaccine injury. He's doing, thank God, very well. But his entire life, his family, his income, just taken away because he would not agree 
to not mention ivermectin anymore. I mean, it's just really sick. The patient-doctor relationship's been destroyed. How are people going to trust us again? That's right. I, and who can blame them, right? Um, I, what we, what I think, yeah, what I think we're seeing, to be honest, is absolutely a global holocaust here. I mean, because of the destruction of the doctor-patient relationship, because of the destruction of the physician's oath. I mean, these people, all of these doctors are not following what they swore to do in the same way that so many of our politicians are not abiding by their oath to defend the Constitution. I mean, and that is the bigger picture that is uh, ultimately going to lead to the destruction of the United States of America so, if we don't do something about that. So and we, just, we simply... I, yeah. I just really want to interject on that point. I'm sorry to interrupt, but when I was doing one of my uh, talks on YouTube, um, before, one of them was, where's Congress? You know, where's, where are the people that were elected to represent and protect us? You hard, There's hardly a peep. Ron Johnson... Now, Rand Paul, these are the only people that are actually outspoken that I've heard of. Um, and uh, so when I did a research analysis of this, and everybody can do it, you know, where where do the campaign funds come from for the, the uh, representatives, the senators and the congressmen and women? Well, super PAC money from Big Pharma goes to to fund their campaigns. Mitch McConnell has made over $1.3 million in big pharma donations over the years. Almost every one of them over, I quit counting at 300. I quit counting at 300. They were all getting super PAC money or donations from big pharma. So are they going to speak up? Where are they? Where are their, where is their guts? Where is their, uh, their uh, showing the type of people that they are to protect their constituency it's so, so pathetic. It's so it is. It's bad. disheartening. They, they are definitely worshiping the other God, which is money. And they've, uh, the majority of them have been bought off. There's no doubt about that. Well, listen, we're going to take a short break and we will be right back to discuss the way that we are dealing with doctors who are harming patients because of their civil obedience. Be right back. You already know Genesis plus HOCL is your best defense against viruses. But did you also know it's the most powerful weapon for eliminating airborne mold too? Customers are raving about the Genesis Fogger's ability to tackle mold problems and the bad smells that go with them. And we all know mold is a hazard to your health. There's no airborne invader that Genesis can't handle. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack, 
Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Cold and flu season is here. Wouldn't it be great if you had a way to minimize airborne viral threats? Well, now there is, and it's a pulvinone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray called Cofix RX. You might even say it's just what the doctor ordered. To reduce your chance of getting hurt, you wear a safety belt when you're driving. To limit sun damage, you wear sunscreen on the beach. Cofix RX is just like that. It's an additional layer of protection. It's sold by thousands of pharmacists and medical doctors nationwide. It's made right here in the USA. Again, it's a pulvinone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray. You've heard them talk about it here on the Outloud Network over and over again. Check out cofixrx.com. That's C-O-F-I-X-R-X.com for a retailer near you or use coupon code OUTLOUD for 20% off at cofixrx.com. America out loud beats to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, you're troubled, confused, glad, and thankful. Well, we know you because we are you. AmericaOutloud.com. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. The liberty and justice for all. Welcome back to Unity with a Compromise. This is your host, Dr. Steve LaTulip. I have my special guest, Dr. Bruce Boros, a cardiologist uh, from Key West, Florida. Uh, remember that my podcasts uh, are now um, available for you uh, a couple of days uh, after the weekend. My radio show airs at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. That's a change from what it used to be. We have added on some new uh, radio shows, hopefully to better educate you and inform you. Uh, and remember that you can go to um, americaloud.com for all of my podcasts and columns where I discuss articles that hopefully put together the big picture, as well as reading between the lines. Today, my guest, Dr. Bruce Boros, uh, and I are discussing the truly sickening way that doctors and other government agencies and big pharma, mainstream media propagandists, the globalists, and even the, uh, you know, all the genocidal maniacs uh, like Fauci um, and Bill Gates, they are all operating in with one intent, and that is to harm patients, patients who at one time trusted doctors to do the right thing. And of course, that is changing. What we have seen is the greatest hoax ever perpetrated against the world and the worst betrayal of all time. And physicians, medical doctors have shockingly played a major role in the Holocaust. But some of us are determined to remain faithful to our calling as healers. Dr. Burroughs, I'm just really curious. Um, you have been a cardiologist for a long time, and all of a sudden, you're somewhat of an expert on COVID. Um, could you possibly explain maybe some anecdotal uh, 
occurrences, events that you experienced that brought you into this crazy world of coronamania? What happened? Yeah, that's a that's a, a fun question. So I hope the listeners will get this. I'm going to try to do like a little sequencing thing. Uh, I own three. I've built three uh, urgent cares. Two of them are very much like freestanding emergency rooms in the Keys. They're all 50 miles apart. And uh, we have three hospitals. So people needed to have uh, really an alternative to the expense of going to an emergency room. And anybody who's been there knows you walk through the door and you're going to get slammed with a big fee. So as a cardiologist, I really needed a place for my patients to go if I was massively busy. So I built uh, one in Key West. Uh, which has CT, ultrasound labs. They're called Advanced Urgent Care of the Florida Keys, Key Largo, uh, Marathon, and Key West. So uh, I built these out, and obviously um, I was still doing cardiovascular medicine, but um, the these facilities became the go-to place for anything and everything. I have ER docs and critical care nurses, uh, and again, all of the imaging at one-tenth the price of an emergency room or a hospital. So uh, these were built out of a lot of love and necessity. So when COVID came, uh, I was asked to speak in front of the county commission, the city commission, uh, to give my opinion about what was happening. That was on March 3rd of 2020. And I didn't know anything. I mean, we were getting blindsided, even though Bill Gates and uh, the crew had already established the way they were going to roll this out. I would urge people to look at Tavistock Institute brainwashing, mind control, social control, uh, and to to look at that along with this book I mentioned, The Committee of 300. So I had to become an expert, and I I warned the city. I said, this is going to be really bad. We have no no PPE. You know, I was going to Sherman Williams, Home Depot. Uh, I was trying to get masks and goggles because, wow, I was, you know, the way it all rolled down, asymptomatic spread, which was a big lie, the big, big lie that we all became frightened of each other. We had to lock down. We couldn't get near people in our house. They may have COVID. What do we do? It was a huge freak out. You know, nobody knew it. I've, you know, you fall prey to this and masking, and it takes a little while to sort this out and see what was real and what wasn't real. So I happened to uh, read a study uh, from um, an observational study from Dr. Redondo in the Dominican Republic, and I made contact with him. It's 1,500 people at five clinics in the DR. They use ivermectin all the time for parasitic diseases, and um, he was using it and showing tremendous, tremendous improvement. And in 1,500 people, even those uh, on ventilators, he reduced mortality from 81% down to 40 by giving them ivermectin. I also just north of me, uh, we had uh, Dr. Uh, Ratcher and his wife. He was working out of the uh, Broward County Hospitals. They let him use ivermectin and the people that were on ventilators from COVID. That, and he showed, again, the same type of numbers. Uh, uh, so at this point, I had to become a veritable um, uh, expert on COVID. And um, I was working with my doctors and believe it or not, I was getting pushback from some of my doctors who were, you know, just saying, no, we can't use ivermectin. We can't do that. We can't. I said, what? what And why were they saying that? Would you mind explaining that? Because they thought their licenses were going to be taken away by the CDC and the FDA. I couldn't convince them. These are public health organizations. They have no jurisdiction over licensing. That's the state of uh, Florida. Uh, is the only one that can do that through Department of Professional Regulation. There was so much 
fear. And so I had actually, I um, uh, got two different attorney firms to do a, a consent form for ivermectin. It's only been given 5 billion times, as you know, around the world. It's one of the safest drugs ever used, probably safer than aspirin. And well, after I talked to Redondo, I saw what Ratcher was doing. Um, I, I said, look, we need to do something because the Helsinki Accord of 1964 clearly states, and Pete, Dr. Pierre Corey wrote a beautiful compendium that everybody, it's like the Bible of how we all should have behaved right from the beginning. He laid it out. And um, so the use of ivermectin uh, became the, the way that we started treating people. Um, so the Helsinki Accord was critical. And it says, if you don't have any way to treat an epidemic or a pandemic, if there's nothing out there, nothing on the horizon, and you've got a safe and effective medication that's been used um, for other uh, illnesses, and, and uh, certainly ivermectin has been used for parasitic disease, also for viral illnesses, dengue fever, eastern equine encephalitis, um, Zika, uh, it's absolutely been shown to be an antiviral. But as you know, Fauci couldn't let that get out because if this got out and Dr. Zev Zelenko's protocol, the Zelenko protocol using hydroxychloroquine, if it got out that if you treated people early, even in mid-stage or even on ventilators, there never would have been an EUA, an emergency utilization authorization for the vaccine and or the jab. That's all exactly. they were focused on just like Fauci did with, with AIDS, okay, where so many people died because he wouldn't use Bactrim, a very simple antibiotic to treat pneumocystis coronii pneumonia. And, and he was using AZT and other drugs. Please read Dr. Robert, um, Robert Kennedy Jr.'s book, The Real Anthony Fauci. You, it's a very long but well-credentialed book, and it explains how this man has destroyed medicine and the patient-doctor relationships and bred lack of trust, uh, it is, is so despicable. So the bottom line, to get back to where I was, I started using ivermectin. My first patient was six feet five, 300 pounds. Um, his name, Kyle Carter, I can say it. He allows me to say it. And if you go on any of my pages, you'll see him say, I was there, 107, 102.7 fevers, breathing 32 times a minute. I did a CAT scan. 50% of his lungs were filled with COVID infiltrates. He couldn't get a sentence out. I put him in the hospital and I said, look, Kyle, you got to try this ivermectin. It's working in the DR. And basically I got him 58 milligrams. Everybody's freaking out about ivermectin. You, it's so hard to overdose somebody. You need 2,000 times the regular dose of like 0.4 milligrams per kilogram. Make a long story short, the nurses, I called him up. He's in the hospital. The pills were at the bedside. His manager brought it over, and they wouldn't give it to him. I talked to the chief of staff, the hospitalist. Nobody would give it to him. I said, Kyle, take nine pills now. It's my first patient. I said, you're going to be on a ventilator, and you're going to die probably within 48 hours if you don't do this. And if it was me, I would do it. He took it. I called him two hours later. How are you feeling? Now he could at least get a sentence out. And he and he said, I got a little indigestion. I said, did you have dinner? He said, no, they haven't brought me any food. I said, try to get something to eat and take another nine pills. And I swear to you, Steve, this is now six, six hours later, two doses. Of, now I'm at 54 milligrams, like an unheard of dose, all right, uh, for what we were doing. 
And he could complete a sentence. He said, doc, I feel something has come over my body, a few coughs. And he said, I, something is changing in my body. This is just ivermectin alone, Steve. And then I said, take the last few pills. And I called him up in the morning. He said, I feel fantastic. My fevers are gone. My muscles don't ache. And he, and he wasn't coughing anymore. And he was discharged. Four days later, I did a repeat CT scan. And, and 90% of those infiltrates had resolved. And I'm telling you, that was my coming to Jesus moment. And I said, nobody, nobody's going to tell me this doesn't work. And frontliners, People that have been doing this, Brian Tyson with hydroxychloroquine out there in Arizona, the people on the front line, the doctors on the front line should have been listened to. And all of those people in the ivory tower and the Fauci's and the Burks and all of those people that were rendering uh, their, um, their corrupt two cents into this project, they're the murderers. They're the killers. These are the people that have caused so much death and injury. It's sad. And that's what happened with Lou Gossett Jr. My son's in entertainment out in uh, California. He called me up. He said, look, I've got a really prominent person out here. It was in December of 2020. And um, and uh, you can see that if you go to FLCCC or Odyssey, it was the first video that the FLCCC did. So here's a famous entertainer. He said, I believe in ivermectin. And so he was going home to die. And um, my son put me in contact with him. And literally, as he says, within 24 to 48 hours, he was feeling excellent. And he and I have been very close friends. I've taken care of at least 10 of his family members and other uh, entertainers and all with ivermectin, and they've done well. So the lies have been perpetuated. The public has been scammed, as you said. They've been uh, fueled by the fraudulent behavior of uh, Fauci, St. Fauci. And when you talk to people about Fauci, he was a god. I mean, he really convinced everybody that he is St. Fauci. He is science. And when people talk like that, you better raise your eyebrows and start doubting what's coming out of their mouth. We have been brainwashed in America, brainwashed. And critical thinkers need to step up to the plate and they need to start questioning so much of what's been going on with every aspect of our wonderful country that's being internally and externally destroyed, totally. They need to speak up. Every individual has power through their voice, through letters, through their friends, at their churches, at their synagogues, wherever they can meet with people, and they, they see no more jabs, especially in children. Are you kidding me? The death rate of, from COVID in children, as you know, is 0. 0.000. 3%. Children do not die from this. They get over it. They have natural immunity and they get on with their lives. And what they're doing now to infants, to five-year-olds, to any anybody, nobody. I have had friends that had their cancers explode after getting vaccinated or jabbed and getting a booster. It is horrific. It needs to stop. And everybody needs to get the word out to all their friends. It needs to go viral. I'm begging people, I'm begging people to stand up to this butchery that's going on from medical unleadership. So, Bruce, let me just bring this to a head. Uh, what you're saying is that ivermectin was extremely effective 
And it was, uh, it was good at cheering people, at, or at least helping people to survive COVID, get them back to normal health. And it didn't take long. And the point that I'm making here is that for that very reason, ivermectin has been called horse medicine or something worse because it was effective. And that clearly shows us that we are at war. We are under attack by our government who is pushing this agenda, which, as you said, is tied in to the World Economic Forum, the One World Order and Big Pharma and all these agencies that are making money hands and foot at the expense, literally costing us the lives of all these people. Now, if you consider that the entire world right now is in two big categories of people since the COVID era began. Those are the vaxxed and the unvaxxed, the jabbed and unjabbed. So regardless of what category people are in, how do these people, Bruce, help uh, and, and protect themselves from any further harm from this point on? Steve, what I've been doing is encouraging everybody to get a vitamin D level because people who have low vitamin D levels are more prone to getting COVID and other uh, types of viral illnesses uh, in general. You've got to get some sun. You can't just be staying inside. I know it's kind of hard in the northern areas where it's cold. Um, zinc, uh, well, the vitamin D, I take 5,000 international units a day. And of course, if somebody does get sick, uh, I asked them to go up to 10,000 international units for five days. Uh, zinc every day, 50 milligrams. It's very important because zinc is one of the things that actually will kill the viral uh, product, um, the viral particle. And so I go up to 100 milligrams a day for a week. And I like quercetin, uh, which is a uh, uh, flavonoid, uh, which helps to actually bring in, it's in fruits and vegetables, it helps to bring the zinc into the cell. And this was something that Dr. Zev Zelenko, uh, may rest in peace uh, with the Zelenko protocol and hydroxy um, documented, uh, that this is an initially what they need to do. Now, budesonide nasally is also uh, helpful and orally gargling with like scope and, um, and Listerine, uh, which has acetylperidium uh, in it. Um, I think if people just go to the flccc.net uh, uh, website, uh, they have all sorts of protocols. They have a prophylactic protocol. Uh, they have an early treatment protocol. They have a long haulers protocol. And certainly I want to encourage anybody who has long haulers to, uh, to go to pierrecorey.com. Uh, Pierre has made this a mission in taking care of the vax injured and long haulers. But what I do is uh, when my, uh, anybody calls me and they have COVID, uh, what, I, uh, what I do is I put them on three to five days of ivermectin, uh, 0.4 milligrams per kilogram, because most, almost everybody that I treated doesn't get a long haulers. Um, this actually is virucidal. Um, it also helps to uh, prevent any of the long-term inflammation that may occur. And there's other things that people are recommending. Uh, so the protocol actually at the FLCCC for early treatment, the earlier you treat this illness, the quicker you're going to get better 
And the sooner for people who haven't been jabbed, you're going to get some natural antibodies. You know, right. the problem is that the people who have been jabbed, we have it's been proven that their immune immunologic system now is compromised because they're trained. They've trained the immune system to look for the original, the Wuhan virus, which is still part of even this bivalent. I mean, this product they put out is not even treating what is the current uh, BA.5 uh, and now the XBB1.5. This doesn't even treat that. And they are continuing to, to push it out there. I saw just before Christmas, the, the commercial from the New Jersey Department of Health They've got a young, like a 10-year-old boy. Dear Santa, I don't want toys. I don't want games. I want a vaccination. Well, yeah, is it yeah. a happy meal? Is it going to be, a you know, um, no toys, but give me a vax, jab me, and totally ruin my immune system and put and expose <laughs> me to the high risk of a heart attack or myocarditis at a young age? This is preposterous. It is. Hey, Bruce, let me throw you off a little bit here. What about, in, in the same vein of what we're talking about, as far as protecting people, what do people do with screening procedures and even surgeries? You know, things like a colonoscopy where you're under uh, moderate sedation, not maybe not full anesthesia, but moderate sedation to the point that you're not really aware of what's going on. Um, how do people protect themselves from that? And what about routine immunizations and routine office visits where they're being pressured to comply? Just say no. <laughs> it's kind okay. of like, I uh, like it. I like yeah, it. Just, just and say and no. you have to find somebody you trust as yeah. well. And because you have to find, Steve, you know this. You, you know, you have to find another doctor. If there's a doctor who's still walking in lockstep with this jab mandate or pushing it, you need to find another doctor. Absolutely get another doctor. I love it. As, just as, say no. Yeah, just say well, no. I'm not going to do it. Show me the data. I think right. that every person right. should say, you know, if this thing really worked, why is it that Steve Kirsch's offer of $1 million to debate him and show that the jabs actually work has not been taken up by the by Fauci, Burks, the FDA, anybody in the FDA, NIH, CDC, nobody has taken up that offer to prove and debate him that the jab works. It doesn't right. work. It does harm. Right. And the simple truth is that they are telling us a lie. Well, Bruce, we're about out of time here. I so appreciate you coming on with me. I thank you for your good information and for your zeal to just stay faithful to your calling as a medical doctor. I know that you have paid a price as all of us have who take a stand, uh, but I greatly appreciate you joining me today. Would you have any contact information for my listeners who might want to reach out to you? Absolutely. Um, my Twitter is at Boros Bruce, B-O-R-O-S Bruce, B-R-U-C-E. And uh, I'm, I'm begging Elon Musk to allow me to follow and for people to follow me. It's been almost a year talking about censorship which is horrific. Thank God he's opened it up for others uh, who have great messaging. And then on Facebook, it's just Bruce Boros. Bruce. All right. Boros. You've got people it. Boros. At Boros Bruce. Yeah, and people can message me, um, you know, on Facebook in particular. Um, a lot of comments about the things that I put up there and the things that I write. 
And they, believe me, Steve, they have not been flattering to the medical profession and to medical unleadership at all the alphabet organizations, nor to the government. So very true. Thank you so much, Bruce. I appreciate you. Thank you for a format. And everybody, use your voice, use your relationships, and get everybody on board to do some critical thinking. Amen. Thank you. Well, the simple fact is that doctors are and have been harming many millions of patients by complying with globalists, by carrying out the dirty work of pharma and organized medicine, funded by billionaire elites like Soros and Gates. So the question is, how do we get back America? Well, the answer is simply this. We have to take it back. They will never, never relinquish it. They will never surrender. They will never stop attacking us. And we take it back by knowing the truth and then by living the truth. And finally, and most importantly, by being willing to pay the price for truth. And that is the same, the very same as paying the price for freedom. I hope that you'll be a truth warrior like Dr. Bruce Boros and the few other good men and women who are risking everything for your sake. Together, we can do it. But in all our doing, we must also get back to God. You've been listening to Unity Without Compromise with Dr. Steve Latour. Until next time, adieu.